Okay. All right. So everybody here who is listening to this, welcome to the very first, or I think it's the first, Daily Aztec Music Podcast. Um, the title's pending, so don't maybe count on that title for now. Maybe not. I, I'm not sure. We'll roll with it for now. Um, but my name is Jason Freund. I'm a writer here at the Daily Aztec Journalism major, and I'm hosting a podcast, or maybe I'm co-hosting a podcast. I am joined by, on my left here on the Zoom call, who is this man on my left here? I am Ryan Hardison. I'm another writer for the Daily Aztec, and I'm also a journalism major. We will be co-hosting this beautiful podcast together. And what better way to start off a Daily Aztec music podcast than by talking about one of the most hyped shows in every, every year this show is always hyped up, and perhaps one of the most important sporting events in the year. It's the Super Bowl, and it's the halftime show. And I think the NFL got it right with this one. They made a good choice on this one because they chose the weekends. And personally, while I don't think it was the best, like the top tier, because I think that belongs to Bruno Mars, I think it was good. I think it was good. Ryan, what do you think? I also think it was pretty good. Definitely, it wasn't exactly what I expected. I honestly thought he would bring in some special guests. I was sort of hoping he would more than I completely expected. But I think he did a great job on his own, to be honest. I think he chose great songs to play. He chose some of his past hits from Starboy, House of Balloons, but also incorporated the theme of After Hours, his newest album. And I thought overall, it was just a great show. Yeah, and I understand why he didn't have like any guests because of, you know, the COVID era and he couldn't mm -hmm. really have a lot of guests. It's kind of why they built the, the production on the, the side of the end zone then just like to build it there. But it was still a good show, nonetheless. And like what you said, Ryan, he had some, he played a lot of his good, so a lot of like his, his most popular, like his bangers. He started out, I think he started out with Call, Call Out My Name, right? I think that's like he had an intro version of it. Yeah, it was a very like sort of eerie like intro while he like walked out onto the set and stuff. But honestly, I thought I thought that was a cool song to play to start off. It really just set the tone, I think. So I, I think that was a good choice. Yeah, I think he actually, he also, I think he released an album shortly before so we like hype up the playlist. I think it's called The Highlights. I think he just called it Highlights is the album oh, that yeah. Spotify, I think. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be sort of uh, his greatest hits album so far. Okay. So he chose a lot of stuff from like, uh, basically like from 10 years ago until now. I know there's some stuff from After Hours on there. Pretty much sums up his career. I know he has a lot planned for the future, of course, but sums mm -hmm. up his greatest so far. Yeah, he's dropped, uh, I think one of his... Um... I think it was House of Balloons. It was from like his, like one of his first albums he dropped. He even released it for free on his website. I think that's where House of Balloons came from, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was so, so, so excited to hear him play a song from House of Balloons. To be <laughs> honest, just because I have been following him for a while. And that one just really like sent me back to middle school when I first heard him. And I, I really liked his rendition of it too. Like, because it was very like guitar driven sort of like turned into like a heavy metal riff like heavy drums and stuff like that and it was a great 
segue into blinding lights which like i did not see coming just because they're like they're songs that sound completely different but somehow he made it work and i was that was one of my favorite parts of the show definitely i like the ending was actually kind of interesting too he, he had all the dancers like coming out like doing like i don't know like the robot or something they're doing something <laughs> kind of weird uh, yeah I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what that was but they looked like they were in the movie us with the with the, the bandages on their face. <laughs> yeah like, and the red suits so i i don't know exactly what it, it went for but it matched the theme of the album so <laughs> I mean, when you open up the show in a convertible and you're in like Las Vegas, then I think you're really, I think that's kind of how you want to end. Maybe a little, a little more like odd style dance moves. Speaking of, he had, he started, it was the Vegas theme. I think the one song I'm kind of surprised he didn't play was Heartless because the music video for Heartless took place at the Venetian. I'm kind of surprised he didn't play Heartless there. I'm like, is he going to go with Heartless? I guess not. Yeah, definitely. I figured because I know he played Savior Tears, and I I thought Heartless would be in the place of Savior Tears because like that was one of the lead singles, and like you said, it was filmed in Vegas. And also like during his show, he went into like that mirror room with like the bright lights and was running around yeah. from his face in the camera, and so it, it matched like what he did in the video. So it would have made a lot of sense for him to perform that song, but I guess for some reason he didn't. Yeah, it's also, I, I, okay, that camera quality, it was interesting. It was cool. Like, like it was, we haven't seen that before. We've seen the NFL do these kind of like camera angles, like, you know, bet with um, Lady Gaga a few years ago, they had the drone shots and they had like the sky views. They had that. This one, I think it, they did it more of like him, like, I don't know how he did it. Is he holding like, it's just, just like him holding his phone out like that and just like recording it like that. But it was a little weird, the, the 360 scope. It got a little disorientating at sometimes, but it still worked out at the very end for the most part, in my opinion. Yeah, they definitely got more creative with it this year. I know a lot of times, like, at, at some point during the show, especially when, like, the crowd is getting more hype, they, like, the performers try to get very in-your-face, you know, like, putting their face up to the camera. Like, I remember last year in, uh, for the Shakira show, like, she was, she put her face, like, up to the camera and then did, like, out of, like, stuck her tongue out and stuff. So that's, like, I feel like those are a lot of the more memorable moments because they, like, act goofier and stuff. But it was definitely a little bit disorienting. I guess it matched the music, though. That's why it sort of, like, fit in with everything. But I don't know. Definitely, it, it, it was interesting. It was interesting. And also, the sound quality was kind of hit, hit or miss in this Super Bowl, yeah. too. Because there were times when he was singing. I'm like, is he singing? Is he lip syncing this? Like, is there, like, the song? Because I think they tuned up the instrumentals. Oh, excuse me instrumentals i think they moved them up a little bit too high when he was singing so you could barely hear his voice at times yeah there were definitely a few songs where that stood out i know uh at the very beginning like there was one song i can't remember which one it was but like literally the instrument like the instruments were outpacing him a lot just because you could see him really like trying to hit the note too because mm -hmm. they were like close up on him but almost nothing was coming out of his mic and it was just like a whisper almost but then other songs it sounded normal so 
it wasn't anything that like completely derailed the show, but it was a noticeable problem. Yeah, I think the problem came, I think it was during the middle of the show because it wasn't when he walked into the tunnel. I don't think it was during that. I think it came more on, it was either when he was performing The Hills or when it was Can't Feel My Face. I think that was when. Oh yeah, I think it was Can't Feel My Face where it really stood out. Cause I, I, yeah, I remember like when you performed the hills too. I think a little bit on that song too. Mm-hmm. Definitely while he was like down on the stage, I remember it happening when he was, like, it was already after he made his entrance and everything. But, and I mean, I know uh, obviously big time shows they're no stranger to bad sound effects, but yeah. I'm glad it wasn't anything too bad. Yeah, there have been some real problems, especially I know because they've had like cons- like cons- like people have been conspiracing or having conspiracy theories that they've been doing lip syncing a lot. Like I know during the Bruno Mars show, when the Chili Peppers came on, people who are really close to the really close to the screen or to the uh, stage, they said, "Hey, that when the Chili Peppers are playing their instruments, it's not synced up." Like they think, like, "Oh wait, they're just kind of." Are they faking it? Like, I think the Chili Peppers are a little bit of the, on the weaker side of the Bruno thing, but yeah, they did fine. But again, that lip syncing problem, it's, I think it's always going to follow the NFL for a while. Yeah, no, definitely. That, that Chili Pepper show in particular, though, I remember, I remember that being an issue, too, because I obviously Bruno, like, did fantastic in that show but i remember the chili peppers when they like got on stage all of them pretty much got shirtless and just started like raging <laughs> and and yeah i remember i remember that though their their instruments seemed like sort of like out of sync so i wouldn't be surprised if they played with like a little bit of like a backing track maybe not completely synced but i don't know i wouldn't be too shocked if like they might have lip synced a few songs yeah, I mean, speaking of guests, like we're talking about the Chili Peppers, we're talking about guests. This is the first Super Bowl since I need to look this up now because I just had it a minute ago. <laughs> 2017, this was the first Super Bowl since Lady Gaga in 2017. There were no guests, and I'm kind of disappointed about that. I, I'm, I'm a little sad, not going to lie. Yeah, I was definitely hoping. I know this likely would not have happened just because she's such a big star but i was hoping ariana grande was going to come out and they would perform love me harder because the weekend has many high profile collaborations so i was hoping like one would come to fruition sadly none of them did i know he can carry a show on his own but still i, I was hoping for more of a grand spectacle i mean they had like the I don't know what was that in the background, like the star, the guys, the Star Lord. Oh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what that was. <laughs> I I don't know what sort of theme that was going for, but I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> they were going for the Vegas theme, but I don't understand. I guess like, like Sin City, maybe say Star Lord. I, I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy does the weekend like <laughs> the MCU. <laughs> because it's gonna appear in Phase Four of the MCU. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for it, but dude, I think the most thing, Daft Punk, man, I'm a huge Daft Punk oh, fan. Man. I, I love listening to Daft Punk. I was like, I want them to be here. I want them to be on Starboy. Let them be on Starboy. And they opened it with Starboy. Like, is it going to come? Is it going to come? Like, and they never showed up like, oh, come on. 
<laughs> I was waiting for them to pop up in the background because he played Starboy and I Feel It Coming, which are both yeah. produced by Daft Punk. So I figured, you know, their robot helmets might pop up from the background like sometime during the show, but it never happened. And it made me sad. I know. It's like, I remember watching a music critic and he was, uh, this is like, I think this is when Starboy first came out and he was ranked like top 10 songs of like whatever year Starboy came out in. He's like, man, you see that guy right there? He's like, and he's totally a clip of the weekends. How can we make that song more emotional? How can we make him feel more human? I got it. Two baseless robots. And it was that <laughs> <laughs> Perfect solution. Perfect solution. <laughs> but again, this was, it was a good, I mean, the, the set, the sets were good. The song list was good. Like they chose very good songs to play. He segued into them really nicely. He took inspiration, apparently he took inspiration from uh, Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Like that was like, like the jacket, the, the whole entry. Mm. That was kind of like where he got that from. That's cool. I think that's pretty cool. It's some respect. No, yeah, I think so, too. I know, uh, well, obviously, I, I did not see MJ or Diana Ross's performances live because they were before I was born. But using YouTube, I've seen both. And I guess I could see the inspiration, definitely the MJ inspiration. I know they've had a lot of, well, throughout the weekend's career, especially since he's leaned more into pop music, he's gotten a lot of comparisons to MJ as, like, this generation's MJ, possibly, like, that's been floated mm-hmm. around a little bit. That's definitely like, I wouldn't say it's a wild comparison, but it's, it's it's a little bit of a stretch. But in terms of like showmanship, I can definitely see it. I can, um, man, I mean, it's so hard it's to hard, compare though, yeah. someone <laughs> to the guy who was literally hailed the king of pop. I mean, how do you compare that? That's why that? it's definitely like a stretch, but I, 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 like, I could see how it comes, but yeah i like i wouldn't make that comparison so and i think michael jackson had one of the better halftime show performances i mean in my opinion yeah bruno mars had a really good halftime show he had an excellent halftime show not counting that one he did with coldplay and beyonce because that one was a a whole other kind of problem (laughs) uh that was yeah (laughs) we'll get to that (laughs) because i think personally my opinion the best one was prince I think Prince had the oh, best. Abs- oh, no, absolutely. Like, playing Purple Rain, like, with the weather, how, like, bad the weather was, literally might have been the most, like, perfect performance <laughs> like, I've ever seen in my life. He just, I don't know. He's someone who I always wanted to see live, like, especially before, like, obviously before he passed. And I don't know. He's just, his, his definitely stands out. His easily stands out because he's just such an amazing performer i think the another person who i thought had a good one like who had it was uh, he had a good he had a really good one i think bruce springsteen honestly had a really good one Mm. because springsteen is just a straight performer i got to see him live in los angeles and the the man is man's old but he can still perform no definitely i'm so jealous though that you got to see him live because like honestly he just has even, even though he's, like, older now, he still has, like, the energy necessary. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And also, another thing that was good with his performance was, like, his song selection. Because he chose, like... Because I know he has some very, like, 
slow sort of like I mean kind of depressing music but he also has some like really like like jams like huge jams so like I I think he chose the best possible songs to play and definitely like I'd say at least like a top five Super Bowl performance I mean they had like a run of actually pretty decent halftime shows in like those late 2000s early 2010s because they started off 2007 Prince, 2008 Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, 2009 Bruce Springsteen D Street Band, 2010 with The Who, and then they had a clunker with the Black Eyed Peas in 2012. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't like to remember that one because I remember, yeah, it was them, and then I remember Usher showing up, and poor Usher. Like, Did Usher? Oh my God, yeah, that's right. Usher showed up on that one. Yeah. Man, I think Usher. I want to say he performed like DJ God has fallen in love, which like, which at the time, you know, when I was like 11 years old, it's a great song, but he has much better. Oh, way like way, obviously <laughs> better stuff to play. And also, yeah, the Black Eyed Peas, they, they disappointed. I think that's when they were trying to go like their whole like kid friendly yeah the nfl is for kids we want to broadcast this to all the children so we can have them there so we'll put on the most kid friendly forms we can have the safe forms we can have in the black eyed peas and everyone else said no let's not do that but you're gonna do it anyway and then they said and which is odd because the next year I say now how are we going to connect with the kids you can tell all the suits were like talking it's like well how are we going to connect with these young kids next year we gotta have them someone hip and cool how about we throw out a fossil in madonna in 2012 that's what was that's what's so weird about sort of like the way they go back and forth from certain artists is that they'll choose you know like old rock and rollers and then they go to the black eyed bees doing their like space techno whatever the heck you want to call it music and then they go back and then they're like okay that didn't work we're going to go back to like older music and then they went to madonna i mean honestly if you want to consider it it's been kind of like a run of just like people who have already had their time in the sun lady gaga is still a a very well-established pop star Justin Timberlake, and I'm sorry, Devin Watley, uh, I know you're hearing this right now, hopefully you are, (laughs) but I don't think Timberlake had that great of a show, and then they had Maroon 5, who everybody was sick of at that point, and then they put Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, who are good, they are very good, and, but the thing about Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, they got it right because they had Jay-Z producing that one, Jay-Z helped produce that one, and they got it so right because they had that they were still they're still amazing performers and then they added in bad bunny in there as well and that was a good choice kind of like it Uh, felt like it was kind of like a passing of the torch kind of yeah no definitely in terms of like latin artists like gaining popularity in the u.s like bad bunny has led the most recent wave especially for reggaeton artists Mm -hmm. and seeing that the super bowl was in miami it was definitely a perfect fit. And obviously, like you said, produced by Jay-Z, they put together a great show, honestly. I think they both really did their thing and they, they both like matched with each other pretty well. Like good chemistry. Oh, we're gonna have to talk about Bad Bunny later on in this podcast. Sometime in this podcast, we're <laughs> Ab- gonna talk about Absolutely, Bad absolutely. The man was just on Raw. He was just in the Royal Rumble. The man, the man is living his life and I love it. <laughs> he 
that man is having so much fun with his life right now. And you know what? Good for you, Bad Bunny. You deserve everything good going coming at you right now. Everything that is positive in your life, you need it, man. We I love to see this man succeed. But I want to cap this off saying this is like the weekend is one of the first, like more like newer generation of stars, at least they've had it in a long while. Kind of in my opinion, is that a hot take? I don't know. I mean, not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, because thinking back at who's performed the last maybe seven years or so, it's definitely a lot of people who they've already made their biggest hits, and then you know the Super Bowl is sort of uh, like a career celebration performance. But then yeah. also, like they got Bruno Mars like while he was in his like biggest peak, I think, or at least of his career so far, and yeah. then. But definitely Maroon 5, it was like they were already heading downhill. And like, Mm -hmm. so I I think, I think their main thing, or at least their main like strategy is just getting people who the majority of Americans might know at least a few of their songs, like that have reached across a lot of demographics and and oftentimes that ends up with like pop stars, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, so, uh, uh, all right, so now I actually don't know where is the next Super Bowl gonna take place. It's Los Angeles, right? It's in LA. That's where it's gonna oh, that's be. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be in LA next year. So, who's it gonna be? Who Who's next? Ooh, good, good question. Good question. My hot take prediction. Actually, I, I just changed my prediction right now. Okay. My hot take prediction is Adele headlining. And I say that because not only is she obviously one of the biggest artists in the world and has also never performed a Super Bowl, she's supposed to release a new album this year. And I know, obviously, you don't want to hear super depressing relationship music at a Super Bowl. But depending on what guests they get with her, I think it, there could be some fun collaborations. So that's my idea. That or Drake. Or Drake. Or Drake. Drake would be... I feel like Drake is honestly kind of overdue to be in the halftime show at this point. Yeah. I would have thought he would... That's why I was so surprised when I remembered like that he hasn't played one. Because I would have figured he would have appeared at one by now. I honestly think... I think Drake is going to be in one eventually. If not next year, maybe in a couple years. But for me, you're going with Dell. I think, however, it has to be a California artist. Oh, that's a good that's point. That's why what I what I want it to be, what I hope it is, I hope it's Kendrick Lamar. Oh, okay. That That's actually, I think, could definitely happen just because they've, they've kind of strayed from picking rappers, like, uh, besides being special guests. But he's mm-hmm. someone who has, like, mainstream, you know, reach and stuff like that and obviously Compton California artist I think that'd be perfect because honestly I think it's perfect because you can have Kendrick Lamar and then if you want to have it throw back to old school west coast hip-hop which I really like I would love to see this same same maybe put Dr. Dre or Snoop Dogg they're west coast artists well Snoop Dogg's actually not a west coast artist I take that back I'm oh that's a very bad take right there or is he? God, I don't know. Oh, Why? yeah, yeah. Long Beach, California. 
Well, yeah, that's right. Oh my god, yeah, that's right. I was thinking, of, I was thinking Florida for some reason. Like, why am I thinking of Florida? No, no, but they would be good Double. in there. But I think Ken, a, a combination of Kendrick Lamar and Future would be a really good oh halftime show. Oh my god, that I would pay. I would pay money to see that. I would try to go to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. if if we are back in person. I would try to go to the Super Bowl. Just just yeah so just to witness that that would be a great matchup i think that would be possibly the best show ever created they could put on a really good show and i mean look kendrick lamar has not put out a new stuff in a while like he's been inactive for a while so i think now if he's gonna start dropping some music i think now is the time so we can maybe get in that halftime show honestly yes but uh, a total West Coast halftime would be a brilliant idea, obviously for a Los Angeles sh- like Super Bowl. So no, I, I I'm hoping for your prediction. I hope that one's true. God, man, I hope it does too. But you know, knowing the NFL and knowing how out of touch they are with people, they're probably gonna throw like I don't know some old country star in there or something. Just because know, George Strait is gonna play at the Super Bowl. Yep, <laughs> it's gonna be George Strait. Luke Bryan, they'll toss them out there for some reason. God, bring back, and then they'll bring back Bro Country, which is awful. It's gonna be Florida Georgia line headlining. No, don't, don't, dude. It's too close to me going to bed. Don't give me nightmares. You're gonna give me a nightmare of Florida Georgia line, the halftime show. Come on. I know. I feel bad for putting that out in the universe. I'm just gonna knock on wood real quick to make sure that definitely doesn't come true. Throw look, Roger Goodell's probably listing right and says, that's not a bad idea. He said, you know what? <laughs> that might work. <laughs> They're cheap. Oh, God. Oh, no. Well, on, on, on that depressing note, I think, <laughs> I think we can have a good – I think this is actually a good spot to wrap up because we had a good talk about the weekend. We had a good talk about this actually surprisingly good halftime show. I think it's a good spot to leave off. I think we can uh, call off on that. What do you think? I think so too. You know, obviously you want to leave them wanting more, but I think I think we we did pretty good. We'll let the viewing audience decide. We'll let them. We'll let them have at it with us. We'll see if they actually think our opinions are actually worth something. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> well, you've been listening to the. Daily Aztec Music Podcast, title pending. I'm Jason Freund. I'm joined by... Ryan Hardison. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you have a very good day, Aztecs. Thank you for listening. See you.